Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good day, hello to all of my fantastic listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the great and popular TalkZone.com internet radio. And, uh, and I'm so excited to be talking with you this morning. My guest today is going to be the fabulous and smart business coach, Michelle Business Coach, also known as Coach Cubis of Positive Potentials. And she will be discussing um, with me some wonderful, controversial, truth-talking conversations here as I'm broadcasting on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And I hope that all of you out there are doing well. And I hope and, and pray that um, if you had any type of um, adverse situations that you were able to rectify them very quickly so that you could continue to move forward and upward in your life. And um, I will be bringing my guest on um, uh, very briefly here. But I do want to mention one thing. If you want to get in contact with um, uh, Michelle Kubis, my guest, if you go and look on the website, therefore, TalkZone.com, there is a website uh, that's linking uh, to her so that you can contact her should you have any uh, need for business coaching, you have any questions about your business, how to rectify it, how to make it better, how to make yourself better and more presentable to your competitors. Um, the information is there for you to contact her. And um, I'm sure you will not be dissatisfied with her. She's absolutely great. Now, um, as I said, I'm very excited to be talking with you as um, always, my listeners, I am doing great and and I'm so happy and looking forward to uh, my conversations with my guests today, as I said. And again, you will learn something from these conversations, as well as perhaps sharing some of what you've heard uh, today and discussing it with your family during dinner table conversations. OK, I, um, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, my family and I, we're doing great and we are healthy and, you know, that there's still so much craziness going on in our world. But in spite of it all, we have got to stay focused on all of the greatness because there, regardless, there still is greatness going on in our world. Now, let's talk very quickly. Spring break. OK. Um, well, how quickly did that come? Um, you know, time I'm telling you listeners is going very fast. You know, anyway, I imagine that some of you will be traveling you know, with your families and some of you are not, you're going to stay at home. You know, like I talked with a lady um, this last Saturday at the grocery store and she said that um, this spring break, she remembers when spring break was called cleanup week and that her and her kids would be around the house cleaning and, and just enjoying the pool, you know, their backyard pool and stuff. So now, you know, not just many people, um, you know, they're not going to be cleaning, they're going to be traveling or doing what, they're they're want to be doing. I know that when um um you know we were coming along and it was called cleanup week. Well, we we did do that. Like we always got rid of like bulk items and and donated a lot of things like that. But cleaning and painting and all that stuff, you know, was always done in our house. So you know, but 
it's good. So you guys have a good time and be safe out there because that's what matters. Okay, so this is um um this is um women history month, okay? And um, how remarkable to be honoring the women in your life. As a woman of color, I am happy to know that women are being celebrated as a whole, as there has been and continue to be so many remarkable contributions from women in this country and throughout the world. Excuse me. Now, womenhistorymonth.gov states the following. Since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamations designating the month of March as Women History Month. These proclamations celebrate the contributions women have made to the United States and recognize the specific achievements women have made over the course of, a, of American history, you know, in a variety of ways. You know, so it also goes on to say that Women's History Month had its origins as a national celebration in 1981 when Congress passed Publication L97-28, which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week beginning March 7, 1982, as Women's History Week. Now, throughout the next five years, Congress continued to pass joint resolutions designating a week in March as Women's History Week. In 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed Publication L100-9, which designated the month of March 1987 as Women's History Month. Now, between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamations designating the month of March as Women's History Month. These proclamations celebrate the contribution women have made to the United States and recognize the specific achievements women have made over the course of American history in a variety of fields. Now, there are a number of women that I take my hat off to listeners in recognition for these, you know, for, for Women History Month. I am accomplishing and seeing and doing remarkable things in my life, speaking truths that weren't uh, that they weren't able to speak or knew how to speak the truth for fear of retaliation. Now, I stand on many shoulders and I would like to acknowledge um, some of these shoulders that I start, uh, stand on, starting with the shoulders of my grandmothers, Irene Calloway Davis and Sarah William Humphrey. My mother, Lois Humphrey Campbell, and my sister, Thomasina Campbell Cunningham. My aunts, Lula Childress, Lee Ida Humphrey, Lily Edgerson, Mamie Ray, and Margaret Walker, and Jewel Denard. All of these women I knew during my lifetime, and I'm honoring them today. They were very strong, professional women who went through and endured a lot of hard times being women of color in order to make their families' lives better. Then, listeners, there are women, so many past and present, who are not directly in line of my family. However, they still endure through suffering and hard times and they get recognized as well. I stand on the shoulders as well of these courage, courageous leadership and strength, loved women and care and how they spoke their truths so that they're not only their lives for their family, but also people who 
are in the world, their lives could be better, such as Vice President Kamala Harris, who has teamed up with President Biden, are doing remarkable things in order to help this country, women population, have a better life through health care and preventative measures. Although a lot of their efforts are underrepresented in the news outlets, there, you know, I just want to share some with you. Okay. So now hss.gov reports the following. And please feel free to go on the websites that I um, tell you about so that you can look up the information um, for yourself. Programs like Medicaid ensure postpartum care for many women and their babies, and our Title 10 and community clinics provide care for women nationwide. Marked Black Maternal Health Week in April 2021 and expanded access to continuous health care coverage and access to preventative care in rural areas to improve maternal health outcomes. Okay. Responded to Vice President Kamala Harris' call to action to reduce maternal mortality and morbidity by encouraging states to take advantage of the American Rescue Plan's option to provide 12 months postpartum coverage to pregnant individuals who are enrolled in Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program, which is also known as CHIP. Established the first uh, ever HSS intra-agency task force on reproductive health care access that will facilitate collaborative, innovative, transparent, equitable, and action-oriented approaches to protect and bolster sexual and reproductive health. Made systematic review available to address the impacts that may result from untreated mental health disorders in perinatal women you know, pregnant and postpartum, including breastfeeding, exploring whether the benefits for mother and fetus of treating psychiatric illness with pharmacologic interventions outweigh the harms. Awarded over $115 million to 101 Healthy Start Award recipients in 35 states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, where infant mortality rates are at least one and a half times the U.S. national average. Projects are tailored to service a local community's needs by improving health outcomes before, during, and after pregnancy, which reduces negative maternal health outcomes and racial and ethnic disparities. I would like to say one more. Awarded $188 million to help address gaps and challenges within state adult protective services systems, which frequently protect older women from abuse, neglect, and exploitation. Now, as I said, there are numerous and numerous of these things that are, that are you know, happening um, in our government and uh, to help women, as you know, we are definitely the, the cornerstone and, and backbone you know, and, and women, we are, as I said, the cornerstone and backbone of our families. Women not only take care of their husbands, but we are <laughs> the surpassed number of highly educated individuals in this country. We are ambidextrous in every meaning of the word. We definitely can walk and chew gum at the same time. I know that I certainly can. Ladies listening to me, should you have daughters, nieces, and granddaughters, share with them the family background. Tell them your story your family history, as you will be surprised of how empowering it may be for them. As it is important, ladies, 
that we keep this strength, this tenacity of the women movement going forward and upward. And to all the men listening to me who are single fathers, raising daughters, granddaughters, for example, I implore you to seek assistance, collaboration with strong, intelligent, loving, caring, and educated females within your family or not. To perhaps spend some time with your young lady or ladies that you are raising in order that their minds may be positively invigorated and heightened with the futuristic content needed in order that they will truly reach their destiny here in God's beautiful world as a successful goal-obtaining woman. Thank you for listening to that. I am now going to bring on Michelle, also known as Coach Kubis, who is also a phenomenal woman and is being honored this month for Women's History Month. Thank you, Michelle, for joining me and my listeners this morning. Well, good morning to you. And uh, as we say, this is history month (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of history month. I've heard that expression as well. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So now let's talk about um, something that I feel that will be um, interesting. Speaking of history, the Jewish holiday of Purim. Did I pronounce that, pronounce that correct, Purim? Yes. Mm-hmm. Purim. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It started um, yesterday on Wednesday and it ends today, Thursday. So now um, Purim, which is in, in Hebrew, which in Hebrew means lots. So it's the English Feast of Lots, a joyous Jewish festival commemorating the survival of the Jews who in the 5th century BCE, were marked for death by their Persian rulers. Can you, um, Michelle, you know, talk uh, a bit about this this holiday um, to our listeners so they, they can have a better understanding? Sure. In a nutshell, it's a commemoration. The festivals are not as important as the holidays, which is Holy Day. Mm-hmm. So the festivals are like Hanukkah, and Purim, and so on. And the commemoration comes from the defeat of the the prime, uh, shall we say, like a prime minister. His name was Haman, and mm-hmm. uh, he was out to naturally demolish all the Jews in Persia, which mm-hmm. is now Iran. And uh, Esther rose to the—there was a very prominent Jewish population— in Persia at the time, and uh, very, very prosperous. They were often, uh, what shall we say, uh, advisors to the king and, and to, to to various other people, very the merchants and very educated, because that's part of the Jewish tradition, is to educate the firstborn son, <laughs> not, not the women, mm. typically. Mm. But... Um, yeah. Anyway, back to the the Purim part. The reason they call it the Festival of Lots is that they believe the part of the mythology is that um, Haman, this this wicked man who was out to get to exterminate the Jews, was mm-hmm. um, got, won won his position in a dice game where they used to draw, play lots. They called it. Mm-hmm. So uh, very similar, I think, to the thing with Jesus with the robe, where the the centurion won in in a game of dice. Uh, 
So there are a lot of history connections and so on. Anyway, the point is is that Esther was selected by King Ashesuerus, was his name, and she was like the, I think, the third wife to him, and that's how she Mm -hmm. became Queen Esther. Esther. And Mm. um, she was, she and her uncle Mordecai, were leaders of the Jewish community and actually saved the community from Haman. So that's why they have this thing they call a Gregor. It's like a noisemaker that on New Year's Eve where they mm-hmm. the grinder thing. And at the synagogue, what they do is the children march around the synagogue with flags, apples, and these Gregors. And when they say Haman's name, they they swing this thing and make that horrible sound. <laughs> so, okay. um, and then <laughs> cake, food is always part of any, any tradition. Uh, this is called Hementaschen, which is a, uh, design like a three cornered hat. And it's usually filled with prunes or apricots or it's very good actually. And, mm-hmm. um, it's in the shape of a three cornered hat for Haman. That's why they call it Hementaschen. So, um, oh. the, the festival is really wrapped up in commemorating freedom, very much like Passover is a commemoration Mm -hmm. of freedom, because the Jews down through history have always been persecuted. Mm -hmm. Probably every century you could find some kind of persecution going on. But that's it in in a nutshell. And um, the Hanging Gardens of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon was later was the uh, Nebuchadrezzar was the um, the king, and in fact, Saddam Hussein thought he was a reincarnation of that king. So it, yeah. it's an interesting uh, interesting history in that area. Mm-hmm. But again, once see, again, a commemoration of freedom. Yeah, and seeing this is why history is so important. Knowing um, your you know your history, um, you know, because I talk about history. Um, just recently, I was talking about history to um, to uh, my grandson. Uh, you know, he was talking about a, a different subject. It was about railroads and things like that and how um, the importance of railroads, bringing food, you know, transferring back and forth from the farms, getting it to market and things like that. And I was just, you know, uh, explaining um, to him again about the importance of knowing your history. Now, I'm, you know, I, I myself, I will admit, you know, as I said, education is a, a beautiful thing. And I didn't know, um, you know, about this, this Purim. And I, and I started reading about it and I said, this is very interesting. I said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to have my guest on and um, she is of, of Jewish uh, descent. So I'm going to have her explain that. I really appreciate that, um, Michelle. And I'm sure my listeners do too, you know. Okay, as, well, as you're said, welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, as I said, this is what this program is all about, education, you know, and good, good topics. So thank you. Okay, Uh now let's talk about the medical debt that is devastating a lot of our population, Michelle. Now, Anna Werner reported um, in 813 2021 WBTV.com the following. Uh, It's actually a, a part of CBS News. Now, it says that Americans are drowning in medical debt. From 2009 to 2020, medical bills were the largest source of debt in the U.S., with a record $140 billion owed last year, 
according to a recent study from the Journal of the Medical uh, American Medical Association. Now, the record accounts only for the debt that has been sent to collections. Neil Mahoney, who is a Stanford economics professor and lead author of the study, said, Michelle, that bills are often higher for people living in a dozen states that choose not to expand eligibility for Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Now, the facts that the healthcare system, which is supposed to heal people, is creating half a debt in collections in the United States is something that I think is quite distressing, he said. Now, Elisa Agamal, she lives in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is one of the states that did not expand Medicaid eligibility then at that time, um, was very concerned about the rise of the cost and the heavy debt that Americans are now owing. Now, CBS Sunday Morning News reported this past Sunday, March 13, 2022, the following. Americans owe at least $190 billion in medical debt, even though 90% of the population has health coverage. It also says 16 million people owe more than $1,000 in medical bills. 3 million owe more than 10000 in medical bills. And this was um, a, a tracker by the Peterson Kaiser Family Foundation. Now, some historical factual information, listeners, uh, to prove that this problem with health care reform has been around for a very long time. For example, in 1933, Michelle, uh, and I, I know you know this with your historic uh, knowledge, Franklin D. Roosevelt, who you know was a Democrat, included a publicly funded health care program while he was drafting provisions to Social Security legislation, which was eliminated from the final legislation. Now, you can read um, this information in its entirety, you know, on evolution of U.S. healthcare reform, PubMed. So now, Michelle, my question is, what do you think about all of what I said regarding the healthcare? As we do know that it is a, a big problem, what do you see that can be done or should be done to, you know, try to uh, alleviate this? I mean, this is ridiculous, $190 billion in medical debt. What the heck is going on? Well, you can tra- track back to the American uh, Medical Association. They they deliberately limited the number of doctors to create a shortage, so they pretty much could write their own ticket. And they're terrified of what they call socialized medicine, which is a lot of countries like Canada and Europe has, where the People are, they have a, a, a health care system that mm-hmm. is run by the government, but I'm not advocating anything. I'm just giving you information. The, yeah. um, the, the, point, the point is, is that the, it's the attitude toward the health care uh, and then the caring of the citizen more than the actual uh, bill paying kind of thing. We do mm-hmm. not have a very positive attitude toward taking care of people in this country. This you is know, true. We mark a culture <laughs> by how they treat their women and children. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the United States has a terrible track record when it comes yes. to that. So, yes, it does. Uh, in terms of fixing it, uh, it, it, it's not something you keep throwing money against. Uh, I think we, we, we do not celebrate wellness. We treat mm-hmm. diseases, symptoms, and mm-hmm. 
that's the whole the medical model that it, the American Mar- uh, Medical Association advocates. So um, there are a lot of things, a lot of angles to take with this question. Yeah. Now, um, something very interesting uh, too, and um, I, I, you know, uh, to discuss with um, um, my listeners is that first of all, I want to state this uh, very quickly: is that Congress fought tooth and nail against the um, health care plan that the Obama administration introduced, and even before his administration, Hillary Clinton introduced a health care plan as well. Now, the Clinton health care plan was a 1993 health care reform package proposed by the administration of President Bill Clinton and closely associated with the chair of the task force devising the plan, who at the time was First Lady of the United States, Hillary Clinton. Now, the the thing, um, Michelle, is that I, I want to uh, uh, talk a little bit about when you said that, you know, with diseases, they treat them. And um, I, I've been listening to a lot of this lately. And and they they don't they don't cure them. They treat them. And it's like throwing, um, you know, it, you know, here in this country, they're they're constantly throwing pharmaceuticals at individuals instead of getting down to the nitty gritty of why this is happening to you. Um, there has also been an increase. I'm sure that you've heard of naturopath, but there's also been an increase and functional doctors. Are you familiar with, with that, Michelle? With the functional I, I'm not doctors? familiar with that term. I think uh, I am familiar with uh, the, you know, the naturopathy and the osteos, you know, the uh, DOs are trained mm-hmm. differently than the medical doctors. Um, so uh, uh, naturopaths are very, very, very popular now that mm-hmm. they, they treat the whole person the, the mind-body mm-hmm. connection rather than just, oh, you have a hangnail, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, they, you know, they get down to the grit of why this is happening to you, not just here, take this and, you know, for the next four days and then come see me on the sixth day. And we'll do another evaluation. And if that, and if, and we'll see, okay, you don't have to take that anymore. So now take this. Um, the functional mm-hmm. doctors, the functional doctor's main main function, Michelle, is to is to cure you using other than the traditional, um, the traditional um, um, way of 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 helping the individual. Um, this is one reason that I feel that a lot of people, and particularly women, uh, when they do unfortunately, um, you know, get get cancer and things like that, that they are you know uh, curing themselves more you know, um, from this terrible disease than just, you know, this, you know, just doing um, is more than just doing radiation and things like that. As you said, that it is a mind, body, you know, and spirit. And um, these functional doctors also know that foods, uh, that the foods you eat are extremely important in curing whatever it is that ails you. A lot of doctors, uh, regular traditional doctors, um, this is my opinion, which I have a right to it. A lot of uh, traditional doctors, Michelle, do, do not, you know, they don't want to do that. They just want to give you, throw a bunch of medicine at you constantly. And I feel that by them doing this and not helping, uh, you know, not going into more depth, just sticking with their traditional training, 
this is another reason that the 16 million people owe more than a thousand in medical bills and three million owe more than 10,000. And in the country uh, latest stat that I just read is that 190 billion in medical debt because they they're not being cured of anything. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. There was a, There's no incentive to cure the disease. There's more money to be made in the treatment mm-hmm. than there is in the cure. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say their incentive is to treat the symptoms, not to get to the underlying the cause, cure. which nutrition is definitely one of them. Exactly, exactly. And and it's like, how can you get up in the morning being a medical professional? And this is something that you do. Didn't you not state in your Hippocratic Oath? You know, that you're supposed to cure people and treat them in the, in the manner that they need to be treated so that they can be cured of of um, whatever it is that is ailing them, you know, not to consistently, you know, bombard them with this medicine and things that is just it's just it's just it's just off the it's just off the well, off ha- the chain. a lot of it has to do with power. And yeah. the, the fact that uh, we never used to uh, question physicians. And now, yeah. you, you know, you really have a lot of questions. They look at me and they say, well, are you a medical professional? I said, no, I'm just informed. You mm-hmm. know, I like to know what's going on with my my body, with my health. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem is that people do not take responsibility for their own health. And mm-hmm. the, the other part of it is the... They want to be told what to do, and they want to be taken care of, and it doesn't work that way. You mm-hmm. have to be your own best advocate and be and really be informed because doctors make mistakes, and that all they, the time it can be very costly, and it can mm-hmm. you know they kill people too. I mean, it's oh I, yeah. I, I have nothing but respect for all the training and so on, but the whole paradigm is twisted. The, the, yes. the way it's set up. The, mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a, an orthopedic surgeon, and he he said they only they only got one quarter of their one literally a ten week quarter of their training on nutrition. The rest mm-hmm. of it is all it's based on the mechanical model of the body, and that's mm-hmm. not that's not valid anymore because we uh, we know more now with the mind body connection. Uh, Deepak Chopra did a lot of research on that. He's an endocrinologist. He's not just mm-hmm. a woo-woo guru. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and also, Michelle, uh, you know, piggybacking on that, I have um, I, I've been saying, um, you know, recently that one size does not fit all. Exactly. Okay? And because in these in the in a lot of this these models that we're speaking of, they just one size fit all. Okay, you're 65, you weigh 175 pounds. So okay, here this is this is what's what's good for you. As I've said before, everyone's molecular and cellular structure is different. Nobody's is the same. It is this it's just like with our fingerprints, it is not the same. And yet they want to treat everybody the same. You go into a um, to to doctors' offices and things, you know, for uh, for a visit, you have a question or whatever. Remember, doctors used to, you know, uh, look in your throat, say ah, <laughs> you know, and um, 
um, you know, uh, you know, look in your ear, look in your eyes, look up your nose. You know, uh, they didn't it wasn't a, a long, long time doing it, but they you, they would do um, an assessment, you know, um, a quick assessment of those major parts of your body. You know, besides just, OK, here, let me give you this, um, um, you know, ch- check your um, your 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 see if you have any hypertension, which is all done by a machine now. They don't even do the the pump thing anymore. They rely on the machine to to tell them, oh, yeah, you're 130 over 50 or whatever, you know. But, you know, all all I'm saying is that one size does not fit all. And this is why I totally agree that people should not be a bobbing head doll. You and I have um, discussed this before. Um, you know, uh, and and ask educated questions. And then on also, Michelle, a lot of doctors take slight. And that's what I, I'm thinking you had said, a doctor had said to you, you know, what, where are you a medical uh, professional or whatever, you know, and I have I have been asked that myself. And I tell them, no, I'm not a trained medical professional, but I am highly intelligent. And I know my body better than you, because guess what? I've been in it all these years. You have not. So you cannot tell me what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. I have to be the one to tell you what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And then we can go from there as a team. Okay. (laughs) We, you know, we have to start looking at this differently as a team. You know, I mean, if you look at television now, I, I have not garnered the percentage of pharmaceutical advertisements, but I bet you that it is a huge amount It's well over 50% of advertisements that are on TV now are pharma related. It doesn't matter if oh, it's yeah. mouthwash. It's, it's it all really pharma related. And it's very yeah. misleading. Very, very. And then they give you some of the, you know, some of the discounts of, of what can happen to you. Oh, if you got an eye, if you got a head, if you have an anus, and da, 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 da. don't take yeah. this if you're allergic to it. I mean, you know, and 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 a lot of them, you know, say it can even cause death. Okay, well, it didn't it not used to be a time and place that if something was on the market that could possibly in the slightest way cause death, that it was not going to be on the market. So what is up with that? <laughs> well, that's how no. they test a lot of things at Vioxx for years. Of course. For uh, arthritis and so on. And they found it was creating heart problems. You, you think with all, with there, there's no, there's no confidence in the, uh, in the FDA and all of these agencies, they've demoralized under the Trump administration. They fired most of the doctors in, mm-hmm. in these organizations and they wanted to whittle that they put them people in charge who had no business being in charge. They weren't, they weren't doctors or exactly. Like that. Exactly. But I'm always mystified about how little people know how their body works. I know. I know. uh, Isn't that something? It's frightening. It really Mm -hmm. is. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw a man smoking the other day, and I thought, God, you know, the people are still smoking after all of this thing. And then we exported it over to Asia. All the things. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, and over there, because we we've been, you know, to to Asian countries. And I mean, it is a huge amount of of, of smoke and things like that. You know, and I've never been to India, but I've had people who have gone to India and the amount of smoke. I mean, that's part of the reason that they have such a bad cloud of of uh, of, um, you know, crap hanging 
over them, you know, all the time oh, in yeah, that the country. The pollution is ridiculous. The pollution is off the chain over there, you know. And, um, you know, China also, not only that they're manufacturing so many of the goods for the world, but it's also because they're heavy smokers, too. You know, so it's it's yeah. But I, I just want people to be, you know, educated about this. Um, um, a lot of people are um, uh, concerned about um, their, you know, the bottom line. OK, you need this medication. This is going to be three and four hundred dollars. They're not able to afford the medication, um, it, it, you know. Can you not offer them something else? You know, and and like you're saying, be educated, you know, research. Don't just uh, look at the first page that comes up on Google. You know, do in-depth researching, um, uh, listeners. It's like, you know, um, you know, like, for example, uh, cashews has the highest amount of zinc, period. (laughs) Okay. So if you go to the the doctor say, I need you to take some zinc and this and that, take a moment and just check out the ingredients in the back of that. Why can't it just be zinc and maybe one other component? It's 17 other things in there that you cannot pronounce because it has so many consonants and maybe one vowel in there. And then you have to go and, and check it out. But check it out before you buy it. Check it out. And then in-depthly snapshot it. If you don't have the time to stand there at the store and read all of that, snapshot it. Go home, get in front of your computer, your phone or your iPad, whatever, and um, just just look at it and then just look at the risk and the and and what, you know, the, the allergies and things like that to it, you know, and then look at then start looking up foods where you can get benefits from from, um, um, uh, you know, other things that you need, you know, because, as I said, vitamins, you know, vitamin C has a whole lot of stuff in it. Why doesn't it? It used to when we were coming up. I remember, you know, because my mom gave us vitamin C and we got it through our foods as well. But if we needed some vitamin C or whatever, as we were coming upon uh, winter months or whatever, it was just vitamin C. It wasn't everybody else in there, you know. So but anyway, OK, Michelle, thank you for that conversation. Now, oh, let's move welcome. on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about the. um um <laughs> Let's talk about the pandemic for a minute, Michelle. A Gallup poll dated 215 to the 23rd of 2022 stated the following. 64% of Americans believe the coronavirus situation is getting better. That's up from 20% in January and the highest percentage since before the Delta variant. Now, according to uh, Google.com, as of March, there were 163,431 new cases. That's a seven-day average of 52,534. Now, I understand that people are tired, Michelle, of a lot of things in this world, like wearing masks. Uh, For example, to me, I do not see what the big deal is about that, because in retrospect, before the shots were available, again, people wore masks, social distance, not seeing their families and curtail their footprints in this world. And the virus was subdued to a very low point. Just for the record. I and my family are still wearing our masks, Michelle and my listeners, and social distancing and curtailing our footprints. And we're not seeing family members that do not live within our circle. Okay. Now, the news media, um, I'm certain that you have noticed, is basically, Michelle, no longer even talking about the pandemic that we are still in. Okay. They are speaking of everything else. I I see it every day. It's on on the news. Oh, do you? I don't. They don't still talking, and there's a new variant coming. Hold on to your hat. Yeah, it's called the Delta 
Well, they're just now talking about it. What I'm saying is that that used to be the front line, you know, um, for all everybody who knows about broadcasting and you do too. That used to be the front line they draw in about well, now the pandemic. The war is taking over that. Yeah. Yeah. But even before that, they had definitely diminished the talk about it. You know, uh, they were uh-huh. talking about, you know, the, um, the, you know, the football big hub do in January and then, you know, in Arizona, you know, the 160,000 per day people that were gathering for the golf events and all of this stuff. And they did not report on any uptick or anything like that. That those are also the things that I'm talking about. So what do you you know, what are your thoughts about this, Michelle? You said something a few moments ago. But, you know, like, for example, for me, this is not over. And I know people are tired of this. I mean, I myself am tired of it, too. And I am holding on to my hat because it's called the Delta something, something <laughs> that 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 well, is the unfortunately Omicron took over the Delta. And then there's a subset of this Omicron that, yeah. that they're looking at. So I think it's something that's going to be here. Uh, it's not going to go away. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, once again, I think a lot of it has to do with the air quality and, and, mm-hmm. and so on. And that. Um, People, yes, they're tired, but I'll tell you what, I sure don't want to wind up on any ventilators. That's mm-hmm. not my idea of a good time. Oh, not not at all. Now, you're, you're, you know, you're talking about this. Now, the, the thing is, is that uh, as I'm looking, you know, f- um, in, in a historical, uh, uh, you know, point, starting with the Reagan administration and then both of the Bushes and then this person that was uh, who shall remain nameless that got in before uh, Biden, they got rid of, they got rid of, yeah, yeah. They got rid of all, uh, not all, but they got rid of, well, the majority of, of, of of, uh, administrations and and organizations and things that, that kept abreast and a foot of, you know, bad air quality and demanding from organizations that no, you cannot be spewing out this amount of um of uh, detriment you know you have to you know do this and do that and all that these kind of uh agencies and things um michelle are basically have been so subdued using that word again you know oh, yeah. um they, uh, in they, in recent years and this is yeah and this is another reason why we're having all of what we're having in our you know uh ecosystem the warming of um you know, the warming of this world. I mean, we're we're losing things that we should not be losing. I mean, I was just reading very briefly, you know, I have the Amazon forest is near and dear to my heart. Maybe in another life I lived in Amazon forest. Um, but the thing is, is that I'm intelligent and I know the 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 reasons for having the Amazon, um, you know, the rainforest and other um and other um areas like the rainforest, the importance of trees and things like that, you know. They cut down so many trees, building houses, which is a whole nother conversation that there was an actual shortage on wood in this country that they had to go to China and other countries to get wood to build expensive houses that people can't even afford any dang on way. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you can't separate. This is happening over here. and And the pandemic really served to teach us a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really mm-hmm. the, the this whole thing about hiring people and trying to get people to get to to uh, go to work 
not that they don't want to work. They're just tired of being slaves. To this, mm-hmm. They finally got a title called essential worker. You know, mm-hmm. without these people the moving the cogs in the wheel, this whole society would have collapsed. Exactly. But Michelle, that kind of thing is happening right now, because if you know, if, if you've taken note, I know you've gone to the store and things lately. You notice that the shelves, the shelves are, you know, despairingly. The thing is, is that education is a beautiful thing and they're not teaching education like they should. You know, not just now, but for a long time, they haven't been teaching education um, in the right manner. And they and because we need these cogs in the wheel to hold up the middle, the upper middle. And the and the you know and you know all the way up to the highest. If we don't have a good foundation, what I'm saying, Michelle and the listeners, it's all going to collapse. Absolutely, and we it will this. collapse. And we have seen this before, and and here we are doing this again. And I agree with you that the pandemic has and continues to teach us. But the but the 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 um. The thing that I'm seeing is that a lot of human beings are not learning anything in this pandemic. They're only thinking about themselves. I want to do this and I want to do that. Yeah. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? You know, Mm -hmm. if, if we, if, if, you know, if we were law abiding citizens, naturally, we wouldn't have to have laws and rules and regulations and, and all of these kinds of things. Exactly. And they don't even want to be self-managed. We would be self stick luck with that. Yeah, Is, exactly. You know, but um, I know for me and my husband and you and, you know, my other family members, we know that this is not over and that nothing lasts forever, but God's love. And I'm, I, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm standing there with that and I'm learning. I, you know, that's why, um, my um, name that my grandkids call me is Ayana, A-I-Y-A-N-N-A. Um, I'm part Cherokee, and that means forever blooming. So I'm forever learning because learning is, is very important. Right. So I am awake. Yeah. I am awake. I'm not night-night ever, only when I need to go night-night so that I can reproduce and research my, my body. And then I wonder to myself, how am I really night-night? Because if I hear a little twink at night, I'm up, you know. So the... So, um, you know, the thing is, is that I just, you know, I just want people, you know, to be better in, in how they are. That, that, that's my hope, you know, that, that's, that's my prayer and that's my hope because I, I have to have hope because well, I have, if I don't have hope, I, you know what I'm right. saying, Michelle? And, and it, hope, hope is essential. And exactly. the thing is, is that people are fear driven. We are reactive as a country. We do not believe we buy relief. We don't buy prevention. We buy mm-hmm. relief. And the, the, mm-hmm. the fact is, is that we have to take responsibility for ourselves. But there's fear based in there. The people don't know what to do. And this is why yeah. this, the educational system has failed, because we wanted what happened is we were teaching people what to think, not how to think. And that mm-hmm. this is cr- critical. Thinking is is essential. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of talking to machines uh, mm-hmm. and leaving messages. And oh, you know, can you hold for a minute? Why mm-hmm. answer the phone? Why, mm-hmm. why, what is that? You know. Well, 
Well, the thing is, is that, Michelle, going back to what you're saying, a lot of people don't want to utilize critical thinking skills, whether they know how to or not. It isn't anything hard to do because we've all been given it. But they, a lot of them want to be told what to do. So, you know, exactly. you're saying that, yeah, you're saying that a lot of people don't know what to do. But, you know, I beg to differ that uh, uh, that a lot of people um, don't know what to do. A lot of people do know what to do. And a lot of people are told what to do. This is why we have laws, rules, regulations, policies and procedures. And they want to buck the system every time. Every time they want to buck the system. I, You know, let's talk about the pandemic. This is what we're talking about. They don't want to wear masks. They don't want to social distance this and that. I mean, how many times have I turned around to a person and said, do you mind backing up 10 feet? You are in my space. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, and they think it's okay. People are, people are, people have, you know, that's another conversation. People have issues and they want to go out and display the, it, their issues onto people. But that, as I said, is another conversation. And, and when we just get ready to discuss that, we'll have we'll have my brother, yeah, mental health therapist, one. on on here. That will be that will be a a good conversation. But uh, yeah, okay. So thanks for that conversation, Michelle. Let's let's get going because I'm I'm running down. Let's talk well, about. Go ahead. Um, You're the leader of the pack. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I will. Uh, now Ukraine, Michelle. Let's talk a bit about that. I just cannot look at the news footage, Michelle and my listeners, of the total demonic and tragic happening that Russia is doing to the sovereign country. More and more Russians are realizing what is going on and reporting the truth to its oh, population. Yeah. He's got his hands full over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, BBC News um, reported six days ago by Paul Kirby. Um, he said in a pre-dawn TV address on uh, February 24th, um, president um, that shall rename, uh, remain nameless over there in Russia could not feel safe, develop an exit because of what he claimed was a constant threat from modern Ukraine. OK, immediately airports and military headquarters were tagged in tanks and troops rolled in from Russia, Russian annexed Crimea and its ally Belarus. Big cities have been shelled, neighborhoods great raised to the ground and millions of Ukrainians have fled their homes. And yet Russia bans the term war or even invasion, threatening journalists with jail if they do so for him that remains nameless. This is a special military operation. Many of his Uh justifications for war were false or irrational. He claimed his goal was to protect people subjected to bullying and genocide and aim for the demilitarization and de-Nazi of Ukraine. Uh There has been no genocide in Ukraine. It is a vibrant democracy led by a president who is Jewish. Your comments, Michelle? Oh, it's it's, to me, I I see it very plainly. This is my opinion only. Is that Ukraine is a mirror? I'm sorry, you you cut out. You cut out. I as a former Soviet uh, territory, it has mm-hmm. become a blossoming democracy. And the last thing he wants is a democracy at his back door. He, mm-hmm. It shows people what could be rather than what is there. So it's a threat to his control. That's all it is. The mm-hmm. man is, he's a megalomaniac. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got a screw loose at this point. 
that's why he and Trump got along so well. The well, two of them, the narcissist, you know. Oh, oh, absolutely. He, uh, 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 you know, that thing that shall remain nameless. He, 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 he loved it. He loved it. You know, the, the, just the thought of, you know, oh, wow, you're so powerful and you're so this and so that. I mean, anyone who acts like that has a screw loose. It did. The, the, the screw didn't just become loose. It was it was there. And as far as I'm concerned, oh, no, it, that's it was a mental illness. It's in the yeah. it's in the PDR. I mean, it's that's really a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the other remain nameless is that they're all about power. And yes. he's terrified of these oligarchs. He really doesn't like them, but they control him in a sense because they have so much wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, who I have a lot of respect for, said, how could I be a Nazi who was uh, who has likened Russia's onslaught to Nazis Germany invasion in World oh, War Two? Yeah. Denazify- There's a huge Jewish population in Ukraine. Odessa, yes. for example, if anybody looks at their historical reference from World War II, you, you, all you have to do is look at that. But mm-hmm. here we go with the Jews again. You know, I mean, it's always... Yeah, yeah, of, it's... Yeah. I just get so tired of hearing uh, this hatred. For what? Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's all the time because, Michelle, I'm there with you being a woman of color. It's constant all the time. Now, all then the there is some... Yeah. Then there is some criticism regarding, you know, President Biden and his administration, although he has received great support for how he is handling this situation. He definitely wants, um, you know, he doesn't he's, he's doing his best to um, not have a World War three. And he has said that, you know exactly. what I mean? Very I mean, it would be it would it would be it would be horrible. It would be absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, Zelensky addressed Congress, which was, you know, very, very, it was a very good speech, mm-hmm. you know, very noble of him. And, and my heart just goes out to him. But, you know, you can't just be doing that, you know, the starting a, um, a World War Three, sending other people's no, children and, and husbands and things like this. Yes, exactly. You know, and um, this is what I said. Human beings don't learn to keep doing the same thing over and over and over right. again. This is why as a as a as a world, we have not evolved because they keep doing the same stupid crap over and over and over again. And it's a shame. Right. It's well, a shame. It's all about power. I'll tell you, yeah. the listeners are history buffs and they enjoy that learning. There's a wonderful movie actually they made with it's an old, old movie called Voyage of the Damned. And mm-hmm. it relates directly, the true story, it re- re- directly relates to what's going on in Ukraine now. But it was the people from Hamburg, Germany, took aid to escape the, um, the Nazis. And they sailed around the world, and very few countries would take them in. And they wound mm-hmm. up having to go back, and the people were exterminated in one of the camps. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's It's... History repeating itself because there's there is human nature involved where you say that you're not learning. It goes beyond that. It's fear that it's all Mm -hmm. fear based behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I better get mine because if not, you're going to get mine. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like, oh, 
um, they're coming over here to to take our jobs. What are you talking about? What, really? <laughs> what yeah. are, well, what, are, what are you talking you about? Let's let's talk about those ships <laughs> that came over here years oh, ago God. and and took and took the land from, um, you know, from from the from the people here who still Absolutely. have not who still American. have not gotten their their so if anybody is is so is so so when you hear a person saying a very racist remark like why don't you go back to Africa why don't you go back to Israel oh, excuse please. me excuse me this was this was this was my grandfather's and and the other native americans country you came in here and you took and you still have not made good on what you're supposed to say, and you just came over yeah. and stolen them. Well, that that is so. That is okay. Were not immigrants. Exactly. They were slaves. They weren't immigrants. They didn't come exactly. here. Exactly. It's not will. like they said, "Oh, you know, I think I want to go over there to America so I can yeah, be beaten, so I can be beaten, and 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 all of the other horrific things that has happened. I want to go over there, and I that that that's what I want to experience. I don't think so. You know. See, this is why I'm saying and. And uh, you still have people that are fighting against the truth that should that needs to be taught um, to our kids in school. They still they still are, are going oh, against that, Michelle. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's amazing. It's, it's, I was it's, eating sushi it? the other day with my sister uh-huh. and I thought, uh-huh. you know, look how much time has to pass. We had to lose a whole generation of people because of World War Two when the Japanese, you know, they blamed Pearl Harbor, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen. They just didn't do anything about it. Do anything about it. No. So, you know, once again, I have more faith. I see the goodness in people. I see Mm -hmm. the people that are helping, that are going there, that are standing up for other people. Not everybody's a hate, hate monger. No, they are not. Absolutely not. And I and I have said that before and I'll say it again. This is why, you know, they don't want you to know the goodness, as I said, with the news and Joyce Meyer, I agree with her on this. One of my favorite ministers, they they just bombard you with all this bad news. And then for about 30 seconds, they may tell you, oh, look at the puppy running over there, blah, 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 blah. After your mind has been bombarded with darkness, there's a lot of greatness. And I said that earlier in my program, that there's a lot of greatness that is going on in the world, but they do not speak about it. See? So exactly. this goes this this. Yeah. Yeah. This goes to what you were saying, you know, that that people, um, you know, they 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 don't they don't know what to do. And this and that they do know what to do. They don't want to. Do, a lot of people don't want to do it. But my hat goes off to the, all of the great people that's in the world, such as myself, such as you, such as, you oh, know, my husband. You. And uh, yeah, and uh, my son, Cedric, who is a, a, a fabulous uh, person who works for uh, CVS Farm Tech, and he helps people uh, like crazy with their medications. You know, my hats go off to to all of my listeners out there who do that, who contribute to charities and um, that that goes from feeding the hunger to helping them to buy their, their medicines. You know, I really appreciate that. Right. And I'm running out of time. My, my engineer is giving me the, the clue. And um uh, so now we get we're supposed to be having a permanent daylight savings time, uh, but you know we'll talk about that later. But I thank you, my listeners, and and I thank you, Michelle Kubis, for another invigorated, inspiring conversations. You guys go out there and make it a great day. And remember, there is great things that is happening in this world. 
Don't believe anything other than that. Go out and be great and kind and loving to yourself and others. Make it a fantastic life. This is Teresa E. Keys. I'll see you in the month of April. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.